Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. This how-to episode will be a bit different. It will be a compilation of tips that will help you to discern God's will through scripture exploration and discern it by the dialogue journaling skill that we use to encounter God directly. So we will go into some deep dive dialogue journaling tips and some biblical research tips, and then we'll put it all together and allow Jesus to show us how to pray in agreement with biblical promises to bless your life and keep you on track with God's plans for you. According to the World Christian Encyclopedia, which was last updated in 2011, a denomination is defined as an organized Christian church or tradition or religious group or community of believers within a specific country whose component congregations and members are called by the same denominational name in different areas, regarding themselves as autonomous Christian church distinctions from other denominations, churches, or traditions. As defined here, the worldwide number of distinct denominations is over 33,000, covering 238 countries. Why are there over 33,000 distinctive Christian denominations? Because people try to interpret the Word of God in their heads, and not by submitting their minds to the perfect wisdom of the author of Scripture, the Holy Spirit. People divided over some critical and some very minor differences in thinking about what different things in the Scripture means. The 66 books of the Bible were scribed by about 40 people covering a about 6,000 years of time, but there was only one author. Those scribes received messages from the Lord through the eyes and ears of their hearts and wrote them down exactly the same way we do when we do dialogue journaling. Two-thirds of the Bible were messages that they received by the ears of their heart, and one-third of the Bible was dreams and visions. God decided that the Bible was complete when everything we needed to know to test whether we were hearing from God, was included in it. All of his promises, his nature, his character, his heart's desires and plans for us, our identity, and how to connect with him were in there. This does not mean that he stopped speaking. It means that we have the guidebook to make sure that we're hearing what he's saying and discerning it properly. The word of God is alive and without error, and God himself has guided all of the translators personally to make sure that it remains that way. The good news is that because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, the author of the Bible dwells in the hearts of all believers. So if you want to understand the scripture, there is no better person to explain it to you than the indwelling Holy Spirit who is ready, willing, and able to do so. So let's begin by going back to the basics on how to connect with God and how to know that you're clearly hearing from him for your scripture interpretation, even before we dive into some other scripture research tips. In the trailer episode of the Experience Jesus podcast, we learned about God's TV channel, and that our brains, when they are in the alpha brainwave, are naturally connected to God's frequency. We learn that children between the ages of two and eight live in the alpha brainwave, which is creative and fun and relaxed and joyful, and that our adult bodies fall into alpha when we're doing mindless things like 
driving or doing the dishes. Anytime that your mind starts to wander and you start to see pictures or have thoughts spontaneously popping into your head, sometimes those are from God. Sometimes they're from the enemy and sometimes they're your own mind. But they're happening at that time because your brain is in the alpha brainwave. God loves when you realize that it's him speaking to you or showing you something. So let's make sure that we learn to give him credit for that. Since children live in the alpha brainwave, we learned in the second episode about the secret power of childlike faith that it's really helpful to imagine yourself as a child between the ages of four and eight. This really helps you connect with God and the spirit because the child at that age has faith, hope, trust, fun, and just believes God naturally. So one of the major secrets of connecting with God using dialogue journaling is to imagine yourself as a child. So finding a picture of yourself between the ages of, say, four and eight years old with the joy of childhood on your face will help, especially if that picture reminds you of a specific joyful and happy time of your life. Connecting with God using dialogue journaling is as simple as quieting yourself down, that's externally and internally, fixing your eyes only on Jesus, no other spirit or no other entity or concern or worry, tuning to spontaneity, and that means pictures, sounds, music, innovative thoughts, feelings, sensations, and then writing it down in your journal so you don't forget what God showed you. After you've written it down and not while you're experiencing it, you want to test to make sure whose voice you were listening to. And it's very important to make sure you know the difference between the voices. God's voice sounds like spontaneous, positive thoughts, consistent with any name of God, character of God, or nature of God. And it is also connected to the promises in the Word of God that we're going to find out how to find later in this podcast. God's voice does not need to sound like a booming voice. Just because a thought is in your mind doesn't mean that thought is coming from you. God's voice will sound like thoughts in your mind, except it's going to have the fruit of the omni-truths flavoring it. It's going to be loving, encouraging. It's going to have pictures, images, stories, emotions, music in your heart that makes you uplifted, encouraged, and feel loved. Satan's voice sounds like spontaneous, negative thoughts consistent with his nature and character. Lying, deceiving, things that make you feel bad, tear you down, lead you away from the faith of God, give you no hope. Listening to this voice will lead to faith in reverse, that is, faith toward negative outcomes. Those thoughts aren't your thoughts. They are whispered in your ears and then they show up in your mind and you believe that they're coming from you, but they're not. They're coming from Satan. The quicker you realize that any self-deprecating thought like that or negative thought or hopeless thought is the enemy, the quicker you can catch it, rebuke it. The word says take every thought captive. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about catching Satan and realizing that it's him and shutting it down immediately by agreeing with the truth of who God says you are and not what that thought says you are. Your thoughts are very analytical, practical, logical. That's because your thoughts are coming from your head and not your heart. The enemy and God 
speak directly into your heart because that's the portal to your soul. And so you want to catch when you're thinking, overthinking is like hanging up on God. That's you. When you hear yourself saying, I'm trying, I'm trying, that's you. That's not God. It's you're not allowing God to speak because you're getting in his way. So notice when you're thinking too logically, oh, that can't happen. It's illogical. You know, the Lord is not limited by natural realms. He is supernatural God. Finding God's will comes from fixing your eyes on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. That's our goal. You know, sometimes people overemphasize the hearing of God's voice as though that's the only way that God speaks to us. But God speaks to us in many, many ways through both our natural senses and our spiritual senses. Have you ever noticed when the Lord points something out to you with your natural eyes and makes you ponder it, gives you some sort of spiritual insight? That's him using your natural eyes. What about if somebody's speaking to you and gives you a prophetic encouragement? That's him speaking to you through your natural ears, through someone else. In the trailer episode, you established your special place, which is an important spiritual home base that you can always go back to. The Lord can change, expand, grow at any time. But it's a place for you to be able to know that when you tune to that place in your heart, you'll see Jesus there. If you have not done the trailer episode and you do not have a special place, I do recommend that you do that before any other intervention that we're going to be doing later in this podcast. So let's cover some tips about how to actually capture the flow of the Holy Spirit. Always begin by fixing your eyes on Jesus. And it's okay if you don't see his face or his whole body at first. Many don't. But don't let that make you think that he isn't real or this isn't working. Sometimes people just can begin by feeling his loving presence, and that's enough. The point is that he must be your focus. You are seeking to speak and experience with the one true God. So do not pray to anyone else. No deceased relatives, no other spirits, no saints that have died and gone before. You are seeking to speak to God directly by the power of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus' work on the cross. It is fine to pray directly to any of the names of the Godhead or any of God's specific names that he goes by. We'll talk in a bit about how to find those names in the Bible. The special place exercise is designed to give you a starting place where you can meet with Jesus. But once he shows up on the scene, take your hands off the wheel and let him take over. Some people like and are able to write down the conversation as it's happening. And as you get more experienced, you'll be able to do that with increasing effectiveness. Capturing the Lord as he's speaking ensures that you're, you're transcribing exactly what he said. When you're having a visual experience like an adventure with Jesus, sometimes it's better to simply experience it. The Lord will help you remember everything that's important so you can write it down afterwards. When I ask God for a visual experience, he gives me one. I remember the first time I asked for a metaphor 
And he gave me a metaphor. I said, well, that was really cool. And he said, well, you asked for a metaphor, so I gave you a metaphor. So that's a tip right there. If you want to see more things in, the, in your spirit, ask for more things in the spirit. Another tip is to keep on looking. Don't just glance, gaze. John actually gazed for 21 chapters in the book of Revelation. I think it's like four or five times, maybe even more, he goes, I kept on looking, and I kept on looking, and I kept on looking. So keep on looking. A lot of people just simply resist the idea of writing down your experience at all. And I'd like to encourage you to write it down. Your journal provides a written record of what the Lord has shown you and told you. It's a log of your answered prayers. At the end of a completed journal, I always reread my journal, and then at the end, I list all the amazing experiences that I had in this journal so I can go find it again. And you'd be surprised how many incredible things I can have happen with God that I forgot about if I didn't reread it and write it down in the back of the journal. So you don't want to miss things as cool as watching David write a psalm because you just forgot. In addition to keeping on looking, keep on talking. Keep asking God more questions. Just like if you and I were sitting in a coffee shop and you were asking me about how to do this with Jesus, you would have more questions and I would be answering them. But so many times people ask Jesus something and they just let it drop. This is some pattern that I see in my students all the time that really grieves me. And I believe it grieves the Lord's heart, too, that when he tells you something and you don't even respond to it, you don't even acknowledge that you understood it. Oh, my gosh. If you were having a conversation and you poured your heart out to someone and then they just stood and stared at you and didn't even comment about it, it would probably really hurt your feelings. Well, Jesus has feelings, too. Keep those questions coming. Make sure you understand and make sure you're showing him that you understand. Spontaneous songs that pop into your mind throughout the day are likely messages from God. When there's a lyric that's rolling around in my head, I like to look up the entire song on a site called AZ Lyrics because even though there might be just a simple phrase of that song that's repeating in my mind, When I look at the entire song, there's usually a deeper meaning for me in it from the Lord. Just recognizing that a song that pops into your mind spontaneously is likely a message from God will have you pay a little bit more attention to it next time. Let's take a moment now to discuss what to do when you're stuck. The biggest thing that people do is they try. Trying is striving in your own flesh. You can't make God speak. He's speaking already. Okay, you can't make me speak. I'm speaking already. What you can do is listen when I'm speaking or when God's speaking. So the job is to listen. Quiet yourself down and listen. Your job isn't to try to make him speak. You know, God told me once that if he stopped speaking or held his breath, all creation would cease to exist. He's speaking all the time. Our job is to quiet ourselves down, tune to him, and just receive what he's saying. It's a very relaxed receiving posture. When people 
try. In fact, have you ever noticed in a dream that if you are having trouble seeing and you squint, which is like trying to see more, you actually make it worse by squinting in your dream? I know I've noticed that. I think it's the same thing. When you try to hear, it's you and your efforts getting in his way. So relaxing is the secret to get past that. Watch how you talk about being stuck. You don't activate the ability to do something by saying you can't do it. Okay? So when you say out loud, I can't do this, you're basically speaking in creation that you can't do it, which is a lie because you can do it. The Lord has created you to be able to do it. You just need to believe his truth that you can do it and relax and allow him to show you how to do it. Okay, but when people say, I can't do that, they're basically declaring a lie and making it so they can't do it. So watch how you discuss being stuck. In a case like that, you want to confess and repent any unbelief and ask God to increase your faith so that you can relax and be able to hear. Ask the Lord if there's any unconfessed sin that may be blocking your ability to hear, or ask him if there's some lie that you grew up with or some religious spirit that told you that it wasn't possible that you need to confess and release so that you may get on track with what the Word of God says about it, which is that you can. If you're still stuck fasting and praying for the Lord to show you what the specific block is and how to overcome it usually does the trick. You may have a feeling or a person's name pop up in your mind or a conflict that needs to be addressed. Listen to what he's trying to say with that, because what he might be saying is, this is the way to get the flow back. Here are some things to avoid. God is not a genie or a magic eight ball. For this reason, you want to avoid asking predictive questions about the future. God will reveal promises and glimpses of your future when and if he desires, but we are supposed to trust God one day at a time. So he says, ask me about today. In uh, Matthew 6, uh, 11, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us this day. So that's what he wants. He wants us to walk with him one day at a time. Along the same lines, avoid telling Jesus how you want things to go or what you think should happen. This is a learning curve for sure because most of us do pray prayers like that. We want to tell him how he's supposed to show up. And you know what? The enemy loves to use that against us because the enemy will say, oh, well, it didn't happen the way you asked for it to happen. God mustn't be real or it mustn't be true, this thing that he promised you. That's not how God works. He's God and you're not. And that's the thing we need to remember about it. Things go so much better when you allow the omni-God to be the one that's in control. Keep your heart attitude humble and faithful. Don't expect your experience to look or sound a certain way. God's ways are different from your ways, so your specific expectations can be a significant barrier to hearing from God. Allow him to speak to you in your language in his way. And then the more experience you get with this, Make sure you continue to give God credit when you are aware that it's him showing you something spontaneously. That brilliant idea that came to you in the meeting was likely God. Make sure you thank him for it. Likewise, don't take credit for negative thoughts or pictures that are self-deprecating and send you backwards in your faith. 
Remember, those thoughts are from the enemy, and the sooner you recognize that and rebuke them out loud, faster they will go away. Rebuking out loud is important because the enemy is not omniscient. He cannot know your thoughts, so speak with the authority of God when you recognize these negative messages. Speak truth and life and Bible verses over this circumstance, and that will curtail the situation. It's always helpful to have spiritual counselors to help make sure you're hearing from God. These people should know the Word of God and have a close relationship with Him. They should be able to discern His voice for themselves and be humble enough to receive spiritual advice from others as well. You can submit your journaling to them when you really are not sure if what you're listening to is God's voice. Seek counsel when you have a major life decision or when you're really wrestling with an issue and need godly counsel. Relaxing and quieting yourself down are really critical to making sure you're going to be able to hear God clearly. Deep breathing will help. Breathing in the power of the Holy Spirit, breathing out anxiety or negative thoughts, helps to relax and have you focus your eyes on Jesus. When you're learning, the first thing you need to do is to understand how to calm yourself externally. It helps to find a comfortable place and position, but don't get so comfortable that you fall asleep, although God can certainly speak to you in your dreams. Breathing deeply is another tip. Breathe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Breathe out anxiety or other negative thoughts. It's also just relaxing and helps your brain get in that alpha brainwave. Instrumental music that has a steady rhythm, no highs or lows, is also helpful. You can actually do a search on alpha brainwave music to help you. Instrumental is better so your mind doesn't start singing along to the songs. Singing and praying in tongues is a wonderful way to focus your eyes on Jesus. When the Lord has taken over your mouth, you can know that the Holy Spirit is fully engaged in your heart and ready for you to meet Jesus. It is a guaranteed way to make sure that Jesus is taking the wheel. However, if this is not a gift that the Lord has released in you yet, do not stress about it or feel that God is not speaking to you, but do pray and ask for that gift because the Lord is happy to release it. Above all, remember to let Jesus do most of the talking. Let him show you things. You can pour your heart out to God and he can handle no matter what it is that you have. He knows everything anyway, so there's no point in trying to be phony. But if you really want to be blessed by the Lord, your best bet is to listen and just receive what he has for you. This is called dialogue journaling, not monologue journaling. Dialogue journaling is God responding conversationally and with experiences to you directly through your prayers. Okay, so let's shift gears and start talking about some tips that will help you find and discern scripture. People are often impressed by how many scriptures I can reference in my books and podcasts. Here is the easiest tip I can offer in this present day information explosion. Simply ask the internet your question. Someone else has already done the research. Let's say, for example, you want to know what verses talk about Peter walking on water. You can't remember what the verse reference is. Neither can I. All I do is ask the internet verse 
Peter walked on water, and voila, Matthew 14, 22-33, you do not need to know every verse in the Bible to be able to find the verses you need. Here are some other wonderful biblical resources that I rely on all the time. The YouVersion app on your phone, or just the Bible app as most people refer to it, is a wonderful way for you to keep on track and listen to the Bible on a regular basis. They have different plans that will help you read the Bible. There's some short themed-based plans that will have you work through issues like verses on healing or something like that. Or as I like to do every year is do a 365 Bible in a year plan that helps me keep on track and be with the Bible every day. They also have videos now on there where they'll bring the scripture to life with animation. So uversion.com is a great resource. Another is Bible Gateway, which will show you all kinds of scriptures and different versions in a variety of different languages, topics, categories. You can search exact phrase, all words, any words, and have quite a few of side-by-side parallel versions. That app can be found on BibleGateway.com. Bible Hub is for the serious Bible researcher. It has every Bible study resource that can be found in this one app, and most of it can be found on one page. Once you type in a verse on the same screen, you'll find the results for scripture in context, parallel versions, cross-references, commentaries. There are so many features that are all showing up on that same page of that verse. It's incredible. So dive into the word with BibleHub.com. The BlueLetterBible.org is a research tool that really helps with more Hebrew, Aramaic, and Latin translations. And in addition to Bible Hub, it also has the interlinear, which is takes you the actual Greek and Hebrew words and what their initial meanings were. Okay, let's get into how to call on the names and promises of God. How do you find a name of God in the Bible? In the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic There are many, many names of God that do not show up in the American translations of the Bible. So, for looking for a name of God, I'll have a link below to the Encyclopedia of Bible Names with all the resources. I have that linked in another podcast episode as well, but I'll put it in this one as well at pattyej.podbean.com. But in an English translation, to look for a name of God, I look at the key action or character represented in the verse. Is this verse trying to give me comfort? Then the name of God might be comforter. Is the verse giving me wisdom or advice? Then it might be the mighty counselor that's speaking. Is God fighting for me in this verse? Then I'm probably being addressed by the shield, the banner, or the mighty warrior. If the verse is leading us in a certain direction or giving guidance in our lives, then perhaps we're looking at the good shepherd or the author. If the verse is referencing physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual needs, then I'm looking at the healer. Look at the intention of the scripture. The verse does not need to include the name of God to be addressing a promise of God based on that name. Ask God, what is the key action of this scripture? For example, Jeremiah 30, 17 says, For I will restore your health, and I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord. 
The key action of this verse is to restore health and heal a wound. That sounds like the great physician to me. Another way to search for the names of God is to simply search the term I am. There are 967 verses that will come up in the NIV in the exact word order search I am. Genesis 17.1 says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am Almighty God. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. To look for promises of God in the Bible, look for absolute words such as will, always, forever, never, as opposed to words like might or sometimes kind of statements. There are a lot of absolute words in the Bible if you look for them. Another search term that will take you directly to the promise of God is an all-word search that just simply says promises, comma, God. There are 80 verses that will pop up for you in the NIV. Another word that would be great to search for such a thing is covenant, comma, God, which a covenant is a irrevocable promise of God. 81 verses will pop up for that one. So you can do a Bible search just looking at those verses and learn what some of God's promises are. There are always conditions to every promise, which means that God will do his part, which is the promise, when you do your part, which is the condition. When looking for conditions of a promise, search for words like if, when, or then kind of words. Here's an example for that in 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. If my people is a clue that the condition is for a certain person or people group, that means that this verse is about us and not about unbelievers. The verse continues with four conditions. God is saying that we need to humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. If we listen and obey those conditions, which by the way, listening and obey are blanket conditions for all of God's promises. This promise means that if we meet those four conditions, then God will hear our prayers and heal our land. The thing is, God must obey his end of the bargain when we fulfill our end of the bargain because he is not a liar. He's a promise-keeping God. You know, there's only a few things that God can't do. He cannot deny himself or his character. He cannot lie and he can't do your job for you. God has given us the free will to be able to choose to listen and obey the conditions of his promises. He's also made it crystal clear in the word of God, just like he did in this verse, what the conditions are. When we meet our end of the bargain, God must fulfill his end of the deal. If God says he'll do something, he will do it. So when you're reading scripture, look for the clues in the scripture that are the promises and conditions to those promises so that you know what your part is and what his part is. Remember, the power to fulfill the promise will always come from him because he's the almighty God. The word therefore is a key word as well. It's a word that tells me to look for the context of the promise or command. Whenever you see the word therefore in the word of God, Ask the question, what is that there for? Look at one to two verses before to find the context 
and explains what therefore is therefore. Here's an example in Matthew 19. So you are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. The unity of the two becoming flesh is the context for the command that no man should separate them. Notice when the conditions are commands. That is, notice directive language. You can tell a directive when it begins with a sentence with a commanding verb. It's intentional and strong. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Ask, seek, and knock are directives. And the three uses of will show you that it's a promise. Notice that the directives are also the conditions of the promise. You need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in this verse to receive those promises. Once you have found God's will in the Bible, it's important to pray in agreement with it, according to God's will. If you begin with him, you will get him. Saying yes and amen to God's direction is obedience to his will. You pray God's ideal future when you pray scripture over your life. So how to do that? How do you pray with authority scripture over your life? Well, one key step is to find the verses that are relevant to your issue. And one way to do that is to Bible research either your issue or the names of God that you are trying to learn more about for your life. Call on the name of God relevant to your circumstance or issue. Spend some time praising God for what this name means related to your life circumstance. Remind him who he is and what he's promised. Confess and repent any anxiety or unbelief and take care of the situation. Speak out loud that you agree with God's best plan and his sovereignty over your life and circumstance. Ask God to show you what the conditions are for addressing or healing this issue for it to be resolved. Obey his instructions. Thank him for what you will learn and how he will resolve the situation. Do not tell him how to do it. Just thank him in expectation that he will take care of it. Praise him and always end your prayers in Jesus' name because he seals the authority of all these prayers. Practice by taking any name of God and use the scripture and promise identified or what you have learned from researching other search recommendations. Write the prayer out that addresses your issue. I've included a dialogue journaling toolbox in the pattyej.podbean.com site for this episode that go over all of these tips and more and take you into by name research with scriptures and references for issues and names of God. So I urge you to download that resource free. It is something that you can buy on my website, but for those listeners here, this is a free resource for you today. Let's look at a practical example of this. You have just lost your job unexpectedly and have anxiety about the bills. You want peace in your heart, so you consult this toolbox and you find the Prince of Peace. In your biblical research, you find Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's look for a moment at the promise and the conditions. Well, first of all, he commands us to not be anxious about anything. 
But in every situation, we are to pray and give a petition. So he's telling us that he wants us to pray and ask him with thanksgiving, we are to present our need to God. So he's telling you not only what to do, but how, what your heart posture needs to look like to do that. And then he says that when you do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So peace is part of the fruit of the Spirit. We cannot have it without God. The Lord never commands anything in the Bible that he does not fully equip you to be able to accomplish. So he would never command us to not be anxious if it was impossible. He gives you the instructions in this verse about how to surrender to him, and when you do, he promises to give you peace. So let's practice praying this verse over your life. Lord, you are my Prince of Peace. You know that I lost my job, and you have commanded me to not be anxious. You promised me in this verse that you will give me peace in all circumstances. I thank you for this turn of events because I trust that you are guarding my heart against fear, and you will bless me with your peace in this circumstance. I surrender the situation to you. I trust you to guide me in your peace. What do you want me to know or do today to receive peace in this situation? Let the peace that transcends all understanding wash over me. I thank you and I praise you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You can practice praying this way over any situation using any other name of God on Perhaps you need the author, the shepherd, or the provider, or the healer. All you have to do is choose an issue that's relevant to you, choose a name of God, do your research on what the promises are, and then begin to pray and agree with the conditions. This is how to be able to pray according to God's will over your life circumstance and see victory. When you obey God's voice and obey the conditions for his promises, God must show up. In today's encountering experience, you're going to have some time with God the provider. The term Jehovah Jireh is a name of God that promises supernatural provision. However, the name Jehovah Jireh is not found in the Bible. You have to find the name by searching words like needs or provision. Today you will begin by meditating on Philippians 4.19 for a while. This verse says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God is promising here that he will meet all of your needs. And Jehovah Jireh is a name of God that promises supernatural provision because the name Jehovah includes all the isness of God, which is all the fullness of his omni-truths. And God promises to provide all of your needs which means he's including needs that you don't even realize you have, and he accesses resources that are beyond this physical world. So prepare your heart for an encounter with Jehovah Jireh, where he will address your unique supernatural provision for your specific needs. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience 
by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After meditating on Philippians 4.19 and having played with Jesus in your special place for a while, you want to sit with him and ask him to show you or tell you exactly what the conditions are for you to receive all the riches and glory he has for you in Christ Jesus. What is your part to play and have him show you a glimpse of what it looks like when your needs are completely met. Make sure you plan to obey those conditions and thank him. Spend as much time as you need with him and enjoy his presence as he reveals to you what it's going to require to receive all the riches and glory he has for you in Christ Jesus. And make sure you record all of it in your journal. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.